Amen. Our scripture this morning comes from the book of Romans, chapter 5, verses 1 through 11. I'll be reading from the New Revised Standard Version. Therefore, since we are justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have obtained access to this grace in which we stand, and we boast in our hope of sharing the glory of God. And not only that, but we also boast in our afflictions, knowing that affliction produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope, and hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit that has been given to us. For while we were still weak, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. Indeed, rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person someone might actually dare to die. But God proves his love for us in that while we still were sinners, Christ died for us. Much more surely, therefore, since we have now been justified by his blood, will we be saved through him from the wrath of God. For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, much more surely, having been reconciled, will we be saved by his life. But more than that, we even boast in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. Word of God for us this morning. Thanks be to God. Let's bow our heads and let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this word. I thank you for allowing us to be here in your house to worship and glorify your name, to recognize, O oh Lord, how much you love us, how much you've given for us, how much you want to be in relationship with us. Lord, every time we worship together, we do so seeking your presence seeking to bring you glory, honor, and praise, which you deserve, and seeking to experience your Holy Spirit. We ask now, O oh Lord, that you'll speak to us through this word, that you will give us what we need to hear from your, your mouth and your heart. We pray that in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. We finished last week on chapter 4, learning about Abraham and how he was able to do so many things through faith. That it was faith that had made him righteous, that it was faith that allowed him to be the father of faith for the promise of God, for the nation of Israel and the creation of Israel. That it was through faith that he was able to go through the ups and through the downs of everything that he faced. We also learned that he wasn't perfect, that he made a lot of mistakes along the way. If you go through Romans, you find that Paul gives us example after example of people in Scripture that were made righteous by their faith. That we're, we recognize them when we read the Scriptures as people who trusted and believed in God, and because they believed God, they were able to accomplish things that, were, that seemed impossible. When we read in chapter 5 today, the continuation of Paul's thought, 
we begin to understand that Paul wants us to see that it is not just for people back then that faith was very important. That it is not just for the people in Scripture that we read about that faith was fundamental, but that actually for each and every one of us, faith is crucial because through faith, we come to be made right with God. And since that is how we are made right with God, since it comes through belief and not through works, since it comes as a gift from God and not through our own doing, then we can really have true peace with God in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You know, I'm so glad it doesn't depend on me because if it depended on us, we would wake up every morning with fear and trembling, wondering how long it'll take for us to mess it up. Wondering how long we will go before we lose our peace with God because we are unable to keep that which we are supposed to keep. You see, no amount of good deeds or actions or sacrifices can earn what God has given as a free gift. Our peace only comes from Jesus Christ because he is righteous and that righteousness is attributed to us as a gift from God through his love. The gift of grace is given to us by Jesus who loved us while we were yet sinners. And I think that's really important for us to remember. You know, we, we say that line every time we get ready to come to the Lord's Supper. You all remember that? Before we accept Jesus, before we said yes, before we received this grace, before we understood how much he loved us, before we admitted that we were wrong, before any of those things, Jesus died for us. His grace comes before our response. His love comes before our response. His overture to save us comes before our response. He came for our sake before we ever did anything to accept him. And we have access to grace because of what Jesus did. The scripture tells us that he holds the keys to hell and death. That he stands before God on our behalf. And that he is the one who makes it possible for us to be reconciled to God through the free gift of grace that comes through our faith. We stand on that, don't we? We literally stand on that. When you talk about standing on something, you're talking about something that can support you, that you can rely on. I stand on this floor because I know it's not going to give way <laughs> and let me through. I know that it's going to be able to support my weight. I know that it's going to be able to sustain me. And I don't have to worry about it giving way, right? It's sturdy. And what Paul was trying to tell us is that we stand on God's grace through Jesus Christ because that is reliable, that we can boast in the hope of glory in God through Jesus Christ because it's faithful, because the promises that God has made to us in Jesus are not promises that change, but that are constant in our lives. 
And I don't know about you, but there are so many things in this world that let us down. So many things that, oh, I thought that was secure, and it's not. It let us, it let us down. It disappointed us. He says, if you're going to boast about something, boast about the fact that you're sharing in the glory of God through the promise of Jesus Christ. You know, the one thing that we as Christians can be proud of is that we know where we're going because we know who we believe in. We know that if we believe in Jesus Christ, he has promised that there's a place for us with the Father in heaven. You can take that to the bank. It's a promise by God, and God doesn't lie. God is faithful to that promise. It doesn't matter what flavor Christian you find out there. We all hope for eternal life with God in heaven. And if you're a Christian, you're acknowledging that the only way to make it to the Father is through Jesus Christ. This is where my experience with children comes in handy. Some of you are familiar with the game Chutes and Ladders, where you have a bunch of, it's kind of a little maze going up, and there's all these ladders and all these chutes. And you got to roll your dice and move, and if you find the ladder, you get to go up it. And if you find the chute, you go right back down, right? And the whole goal is to get to the top. And there's all these different ways to get up there. I'm here to tell you that when it comes to faith, it's not a game of shoots and ladders. There's not multiple ways to the Father. There's not multiple paths to be reconciled to God. There's only one way, and his name is Jesus Christ. He is the only one that is able to bridge the gap between God and us because of our sin. He is the only one that can bring us back into perfect peace with God through his sacrifice. Scripture tells us he's the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through him. Now, it doesn't mean that the world doesn't try to offer us all kinds of ladders. But what you discover with the world is that no matter what ladder they offer you, it's never good enough to get you to the Father. And most of them end up dropping you down a chute. And you end up back where you started, or sometimes you get that really long chute that just drops you all the way to the bottom. Because nothing that the world has to offer compares to the excellence of knowing the perfect love of God that we have in Jesus Christ. Nothing compares to knowing Jesus as your personal Savior. I like the imagery of the latter, even though every image and analogy is inaccurate when it comes to trying to express the mysteries of God. But indulge me for a minute with a ladder because I think it really does give us some understanding. When I got to get on my roof and I pull out my ladder and I put it up, it's an act of faith. I am trusting that the ladder is going to hold me. I am trusting that as I step on those rungs, they're not going to break. 
I am trusting that I'm going to be able to keep my balance and not fall off the roof or the ladder as I make my way up. It takes a lot of faith to get on the roof. It's a process. Can't do it too fast. <laughs> or you get careless. And when we come to faith in Jesus Christ, we're basically acknowledging that he is the way to the Father. We're trusting that he is able to bridge the gap between us and God. And then we're saying that his sacrifice on the cross is sufficient to cover our multitude of sins. We're saying that he can bear the weight of our sin and still hold us up before the Father if we repent. We're saying that he is enough to bridge that gap. Now, let's be clear. When you get on the roof, you can't just say, oh, I did it all by myself. Because without the ladder, you'd still be on the ground. You can't just go, boy, I, I did great. I'm all the way up here. It was all me. Because without the ladder, you would have never been able to reach it. And the reality is that when it comes to salvation, without Jesus, we cannot be made right with God. We cannot be reconciled. We cannot have peace with God. And it leads to a life full of fear and turmoil and distress because we're trying to work so hard to make things work. We're relying on our own strength and our own understanding. We're relying on things that are not able to sustain us. And then we're missing the most important piece, which is faith in Jesus Christ. Even though we are saved by faith and made righteous in Christ, that doesn't mean that life is easy or problem-free. And when Paul is writing here to the church in Rome, he wants them to understand that God has made a way for us to be reconciled with him through Jesus Christ, but that doesn't mean that life is going to be easy. In fact, he tells them that it's actually going to be more difficult because of that. He says, you know, Jesus said in life you will have trouble. And Paul tells all his churches, you will suffer for the gospel. You will have to go through difficult things because of the name of Jesus. And those things often take the form of affliction of very kinds. He says, you'll go through afflictions. He says, but those afflictions are necessary. He says, because those afflictions are going to produce in you something that you need for the journey. Endurance. Paul was trying to tell the church in Rome and tell us that the Christian life is not a sprint, that it's a marathon. That it's not something that happens quickly, but something that happens over the whole lifespan of our lives. And that if we are going to make it to the end, we have to have endurance. We have to have strength to be able to make it the distance. You know, Paul wrote about this. He said, I have finished the race. I have gotten to the end. And now waits for me the prize. You got to make it to the finish line. It's not enough to just accept Jesus and then lose your faith. You got to keep it 
for that day. He was saying, look, you're going to need endurance because life is going to have ups and downs, twists and turns, good days and hard days. And through it all, you're going to be strengthened for the journey if you rely on God and in Jesus Christ. And we're reminded that even when we feel weak in the middle of that journey, Jesus says, I I'll be there, and in your weakness, I'll be made strong. You know, it is in our points of most affliction that we experience sometimes God the closest because he becomes our strength and builds up our endurance. He says, and as you have endurance to continue to overcome the affliction in your life and continue to be strengthened as you continue on this race, then you will develop character. Endurance produces character. As you go through the afflictions, you are being molded and changed. You are being transformed into what? Into the likeness of Jesus Christ. Through those things, you begin to ask the questions, what would Jesus do? What would God have me do? What is the will of God in the middle of this situation? What do I learn from the word of God that can help give me wisdom for my life and for what I have to face? And the developing of the character of God in our character is a lifelong goal for the Christian. Endurance builds your character but not our character, builds the character of Jesus in us. It's not about us becoming better at being us. It's about us becoming more like Jesus and the nature of God that was revealed to us in Jesus. Jesus in us, Jesus through us, Jesus for us. And then he says that character in turn produces hope. As we take on the character of Jesus, we find our hope in him because he reminds us of all his promises for us. He reminds us, I'll never leave you or forsake you. He reminds us, if you sin, you have an advocate before the Father in me. If we fall, he says, I'll pick you up. If we are sick, he says, I'll be there to be your healer. If we are in need, he says, I'll be there to be your provider. He reminds us over and over again that he is there to fulfill the will of God in our lives and that God sent them into the world to show us just how much he loves us. He was willing to die for us. He was willing to die for us to show us that great love. I love that old hymn that says, our hope is found on nothing less than Jesus Christ and his righteousness. You know, it is Jesus' hope that keeps us moving forward in this journey of life. If it wasn't for that hope, we would despair. And Paul tells us the hope that we have is not like the hope that the world offers you which gives you a chance at something. This is not a chance. This is not a percent. This is a guarantee. 
Our hope does not put us to shame. We know that Jesus will not let us down, that what he has promised in us will be fulfilled, and we trust him like we trust a ladder to hold us when we climb on it. Now, some of us have had that experience of bringing out that old wooden ladder that has been in this shed a little too long, and we put it against the house, and we step on the first rung, and we hear, And we immediately know that that second step might not be such a good idea. He says, no, the hope that we have in Jesus is not like that. The hope we have in Jesus is so secure that when you take that first step, you know you're on solid ground. And it helps you to have the faith to take the second step. And let me tell you something. When it comes to ladders, the longer the ladder, the more scary it gets, right? You're going higher and higher, and the fall is bigger and bigger. Do you know what people do that are climbing really high ladders? They tether themselves to the ladder as they go up it. They tie themselves to the ladder so that if they ever fall, they won't hit the ground because the ladder will serve as an anchor to keep them from hitting the ground so that they can get back on the ladder and continue on their way up. Jesus is inviting us to tether ourselves to him because our life is found in his life. Our love needs to be found in his love. Our hope needs to be found in his hope. Everything that we have, our lives and our death and our resurrection, rely on his resurrection, his death and his life. Everything needs to be tethered to Jesus Christ. If we put our hope on anything else or anyone else, we will be disappointed. I'm going to tell you right now, if you put your hope on anything else, you will be disappointed. Our hope in Jesus is the only hope that does not disappoint us. Jesus made a way for our salvation through his own sacrifice on the cross while we were yet sinners. And the scripture tells us, you know, if it was a good person, you might die for them. If it was a just person or somebody really important, you might die for them, you know. Somebody might dare die, says the scripture. Might take a chance at it. But Jesus died for us when we were still enemies of God. I want you to hear that. He died for us while we were yet enemies of God. We were still lost. We were still sinners. He died for us because he believed in us and he believed we could believe in him. This is the gift of faith, folks, that Jesus would believe in us and give us the faith to believe in him before we even knew there was a way to get right with the Father, Jesus was making that way possible. And some of us have seen the picture of the, of the cross across a chasm with the people on one side and God on the other and the cross serving as a bridge for people to cross over. That's what Jesus did. He made a way for us to be reconciled to God and to actually have peace with God 
which we couldn't do on our own. If we had tried, we wouldn't have been able to make it on our own. And he did this before we accepted. He built the bridge before anybody was looking to cross it. He made a way for us to come back to the Father. Paul says, if he did this while we were yet enemies of God, if he did this while we were yet sinners, how much more do you think God will do for us now that we are friends of God, now that we are family of God, now that we are chosen people, now that we're a royal priesthood? How much more do you think God will do on our behalf now that we are his and he is ours? If he did that before we ever accepted him, how much do you think he'll do now that we call Jesus Lord and Savior? Paul wanted the Christians in Rome to understand life isn't going to be easy, but with God it's going to be a blessed life. It's going to be a rich life in many ways because you will go through that life growing in the likeness of Christ, moving towards a hope that is secure, and knowing that your faith will never fail you. That's really good. Because as you know, in this world, there's nothing that's 100%. Everything else in this world is fickle, is here one day and gone the next. But the promises of God and Jesus Christ are good forever and ever. Amen. Living in faith is the only way for the Christian to live. Any other way will fail. We just can't do it alone without the power of Jesus. I hope you're living in peace. I know sometimes it's hard to do, but I hope that your peace comes from the knowledge that this hope will never let you down that this promise is faithful and that God is the sturdy rock on which our faith is founded. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, I just thank you. I thank you, Lord, for making a way for us to be reconciled to you. I thank you for Jesus who has shown us that way, who continues to inspire us as we go through the afflictions and through the trials and through the tribulations who continues to walk with us through your Holy Spirit. We ask, O oh Lord, that you will help us to hold on to our faith, Lord, to never let go of you, to never let go of that ladder, to never let go of our, of our desire to fulfill our calling in you, and to know, O oh Lord, that it is all a gift through faith in Jesus Christ. We thank you, Lord, and we confess, O oh Lord, that there are times when we fall off the ladder but we thank you that you tether us to yourself so that we can get back on it and continue on our journey. Help us, Lord, to just be faithful. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The altar is open if you need prayer as we uh, worship.